Happy Monday, everybody. This is your host, Sophia Nelson, and welcome to the Eploribus cast. It is Monday, March the 30th, if you can believe it, 2020. Uh, We are about to end Women's History Month, and I know that uh, this has been a Women's History Month that many of us will never forget because as the month started, uh, America still had not really felt the throes of the coronavirus, and here we are at the end of the month with over 135,000 cases of infection, and that number climbs every day, and tragically, we've lost 24, almost 2,500 of our fellow Americans Today's show I want to dedicate to mental health, and we have a special guest, a friend of mine, Dr. Suzanne Nixon. She is a licensed professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, and mindfulness meditation teacher who specializes in an integrative approach to psychotherapy. Uh, Dr. Nixon is someone that's caught my uh, eye because of her wonderful post on Facebook and kind of just the way she flows. I am a big energy person, as you guys know, and I believe that uh, what you connect to, who you connect to, who you have around you determines a lot about how your life flows and how uh, you make out in moments like this. So I want to welcome her to the show. Suzanne, you there? I'm here. Well, thank you for joining the Pluribus Cast. You know, uh, this podcast is uh, in its second season. We dedicate everything to America, American culture. American people, American exceptionalism, American greatness, you know, politics and and food and music and uh, everything else that touches us as Americans. And I'd like you just as we start out to kind of just give us your thoughts on this moment that we find ourselves in, not just as Americans, but as citizens of the world. Talk a little bit about where we are as human beings right now. Well, as you well said, first, thank you uh, for uh, inviting me to the show. As you well said, we are in unexpected, unprecedented times, and we're all finding our way. And many of us don't know the way or are looking for the way, and we feel very lost and out of sorts. So I think what's happening is an upheaval of the way that we used to live, the the normal that we used to have. And many of us are grasping and gripping to that door asking for that old normal that old world to come back and it's not it's not going to come back and I think the challenge right now is first accepting where we are yeah I want you to hold on to that word acceptance because that's a key word word you know we're going to talk about the stages of grieving because everyone out there who's listening today and you know on motivation Mondays is the day that I like to dedicate the podcast to talking about something positive or something that makes us think or something that challenges us and I wanted to be mindful in this moment uh um Suzanne where we're all watching the news probably more than we should and we're getting a lot of images of death and doctors being ill and first responders and all of us now know somebody if we don't know someone's infected we know someone that knows someone that is or a family member that is we're now experiencing knowing someone that has died from this and it's going to touch all of us before it's all said and done and I want you to talk a little bit about uh, you you just mentioned it a little bit that we've kind of had an upheaval right uh, our normal lives have been disrupted in a way that's never happened before and I'm curious about the effects on us as human beings again male female black white all of us uh what are the effects on us as human beings when our routine is disrupted and you know we're no longer working in the office and now we're home and we've got the kids at home and the dog and we're trying to check on our grandmom or our mom and 
talk about that a little bit and then I want to segue into women and talk about how we cope with things. Fantastic. I think the first thing to really touch on is that we need to accept the fact that we're in a state of shock Uh. because this has been so unexpected, so rapid, and the harm and danger is so great and there haven't been any answers. Many of us are just stopped in our tracks and feeling the shock of this situation. Um, And shock is a stress reaction. So many of us right now are in that stress response of feeling alarm, alert, hypervigilant, kind of grasping for what to do next. And I just want to normalize that. I want to say to everybody, you're normal. This is what happens when you are surprised to a a degree that you never thought was possible. Um, And now the task is to move out of shock, first to name it, you have to name it. That's and we're going to move from it. And yeah. then to move out of this kind of freeze response and this sensation of confusion and not knowing and disorientation and to begin to settle in and come back home to your body. Um, because when we're feeling shock and we may have symptoms of depression and anxiety or dissociation, mm-hmm. what we need to do is come back into our body first and just realize in this moment we're here right now i often say to myself i am here right now and right now in this moment i am well or i am safe and i think we all have to have a mantra like that to just begin with in order to approach our day with coping you know i think that's good you know audience that's listening a few things i want to make note of she said two key words so far that you need to track one is acceptance that's huge. And we're going to come back to that word because it's one of my favorite words, particularly as I've aged and gotten, I hope, wiser. Acceptance is the key to beating and winning at anything in life that challenges you, anything that uh, is daunting. If you accept what it is for what it is, you can get through it. The second thing that she said that I think is curious and interesting to me is this notion of us being in a state of shock. Most of us think of shock as pupils dilated, we're not breathing, we're not moving. Um, Suzanne, break that down a little bit from me. I know the way you mean shock, but I want the audience to be clear what you're saying about being in a state of shock. What I mean by that is that when something comes our way and we're not expecting it and we're not prepared, our body goes into an alarm state. Similar to people that have experienced war or people that have had some horrific abuse. Um, You stop in your tracks and you're shocked and you're saying, what, what, what's just happening now? Mm. Um, And I think that disorientation, that questioning is what many of us are responding to. Like, how could this happen? What do you mean quarantine? What do you mean schools are closed? So we have to get uh, familiar with this uh, feeling of bewilderment, this thought of confusion, and just know again that your body is responding and then we have to cope with the stress and then that helps us move out of this state of shock. Um, Because if we don't move out of the state of shock, we can go into what I call a trauma response. And uh, we don't wanna go into trauma and some people may have because of their histories um, or because of Mm -hmm. the isolation or because of their mental health issues. Mm -hmm. So we wanna just, again, name the shock, realizing we're all surprised and then gently move out of that and begin to recenter ourselves in our body, in our mind. Suzanne? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we got a little bit of a, a flub there, um, and you went out a little bit. Um, so your last thought uh, when you were talking about not going into a trauma response and that some may have done that because of the fact of their histories, past, uh, you know, emotional 
uh, challenges or uh, mental health histories, why don't you repeat what you said so I know that the audience got it? Surely. Um, so when we go into a, fe- a place of shock, if people have experienced trauma in the past, like the trauma of war or had PTSD symptoms or have been um, survivors of some kind of abuse, what happens to us is that shock can bleed into a state of trauma Mm -hmm. and we all need to be aware that that could happen. It's called a trauma response and we want to try our best to keep that at bay if we can and the way that we do that is first dealing with the shock, which means managing stress. So that's a good segue into where I want to go next. And I'm going to get into what I call my little bit of a rapid fire because I really want to get good tips from you on how to help people cope with this. I think that uh, we can all agree, uh, at least I hope we can all agree, that we are all in a state of shock. And, and, and we certainly mean that more in the emotional sense, folks. So stick with me with this. Um, but there is a physical response is what she's saying to that. And it can come out in the form of depression. It could come out in the form of anger, right? It could come out in the yes. form of abuse, which is something I want to talk about as well because we're sheltered in, we're shut in. Um, and so the first question I have for you today is, Give us some things that we need to do day to day now that our normal is upended, now that we're working from home, we're telecommuting, we're doing telehealth, everything's from inside. The state of Maryland, uh, we're both here in Virginia, but the state of Maryland has declared a a mandatory shut-in starting at 8 o'clock tonight. I assume that Virginia is going to follow probably shortly thereafter. Uh, because the D.C. metro region tries to do everything in concert with each other. So um, now that we know that this is taking place, what should your daily routine look like? I see a lot of people on Facebook and Twitter talking about, you know, they're watching Netflix, they're eating Oreos, they're drinking wine, uh, you know, they're eating and watching TV and sleeping. That can't be good. So what should we be doing every day? And you're absolutely right. Um, that may be our first go-to, but that's not good. I think there's there's one concept to really hone down from both um, oneself, the families, and especially kids. You must have structure to your day. Mm-hmm. So we thrive on structure, and kids in particular feel safe with structure. So you want to create a routine similar like you would do if you were going to work or you're going to school where I wake up at seven o'clock in the morning and then I um, you know, get my shower, have my breakfast and then I school the kids and then we stop and then we have a few moments of just talking or playing around. You, you need to have that kind of a schedule set in almost as if you're writing it down as mm-hmm. a daily schedule mm-hmm. and so that you have that to follow and to look at every day. Mm-hmm. So structure and schedule is real important. Now, what about those people who now this is good for people who are at home and moms and dads who are now working from home and have to homeschool because the kids are out of school. But what about single people or what about widows? What about older people or people that are by themselves and they don't have a family around and they don't really have a reason, if you will, to be structured. What do they do? What? How do they get through this? Well, you're talking about me. I mean, I'm a single woman living alone and I need to have the structure so I stay calm and I stay in a place of, um, of good mental health and good physical health. So what I do is I wake up, you know, and I light a candle. I light a candle. Me too. <laughs> yeah. And I just sit for a moment and reflect on that. And then I do a half hour meditation. And then after that, I start my day by 
you know, maybe checking my emails. Um, and then after that, I have my breakfast. You know, then after my, my breakfast, I may do some work-related things at home and schedule some meetings with clients. Um, and then I stop and I open the door and get some fresh air. And I just breathe in the fresh air. So what I do is I have a structure and I build in what I like to call either sacred moments or self-care moments to keep on connecting back to me, which helps me stay sane. Right. You know, if we don't keep on connecting back to ourselves or something greater or higher, you believe in a higher power. Now, are you also as a single woman now, I, I have no idea what your history is. Do you have children, grandchildren married uh, before any of that? Um, family? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So do yeah. you connect to them daily? Are you on a text group? Are you on a FaceTime? What are you doing to stay connected to your loved ones? Oh, you know, it's a great question because I have a friend um, and her family scattered all over and they're doing Skype every night at seven o'clock for one hour. They all Skype and they stay connected and they talk about the day and they bring up things of positivity and things of humor. So the way that I stay connected is I either text or phone my kids. Um, we rarely do the video, but we're thinking about starting to do that video. And that gives me an anchor. So the more that we connect mm -hmm. with people that we love, people that are meaningful, we feel more anchored in ourselves. Right. We feel more anchored in the situation. Talk to those of us, and I include myself and my family in this, where you've got family who's not only in all over the country we have my mom's family's in california my father's family's on new jersey my brother my nieces all in new jersey mom here with me but what about families where there's been disruption discord divorce uh people aren't necessarily in the healthiest place they need to be with each other and in a moment of crisis you want to check on and you want to connect but there are wounds there are things that haven't been healed talked about we're dealing with some of that as a family. How do you get through something like that in this moment where you can still check on your loved ones and try to, you know, a moment like this sobers you up, right? It makes you really think about what matters in your life and what doesn't. How, no, well, you, well, how do you get through that? Well, first of all, you're, you're so right on. And, and for families that are in distress or families that are dysfunctional or broken, this is extremely hard. Um, the first concept I really like to you know to kind of introduce is you have to hold heart space mm. and what I mean for heart space um, it's a form of kindness care and compassion that right now in the midst of this hurricane this tornado we all need to come back to our heart and just you know sink into our heart and then when we extend out to extend out with that consciousness to stand out with that movement and we would like that other person on the other side of the fence that perhaps we, we haven't been able to connect with or has been hostile mm -hmm. or resistant or so narcissistic they can't have any empathy. You know, we have to accept the fact that they're not going to change. And instead, we have to do our best to be the olive branch that we, you know, extend out, to be the arrow of love and compassion we extend out and hope that they can touch it or meet that. Um, so it's the way you intend to connect and then accepting what is and if you do have a hostile situation you then want to come back to what matters for the kids or what matters for grandma or what matters for dad you have to come back to thinking about how do we care for them let's put away our judgments let's put away all this animosity we have and anger let's connect around the people that we love and That's sometimes so that would break through yeah, I agree with that. And sometimes it's hard to hear that from people who are in your family. And sometimes you hear it better from someone else, which is why I wanted 
to get you on the program because I've heard this from a lot of people. As you know, people are posting on Facebook now probably 20 times more than they normally do because they have more time in their day now. They're thinking more. They're reflecting more. And a lot of people do have very broken family relationships. And one of the things I try to say to my family all the time is that, first of all, every family has trauma. Every family has issues. Every family has gone through something that's difficult, that's unpleasant. There are degrees of that, I think you and I would agree. Uh, There are some families that truly are the Brady Bunch, and there are some families that are the Sopranos. (laughs) You know, so you've got the extremes. (laughs) You've got the extremes. And yet, what you said made me smile because it's what I've been saying, and it's good to be affirmed without ever having to ask someone to affirm you, which is that, you know, um, I don't have, I have not always had the best relationship with my father, for example. It's a strange relationship, but if I hear that he's ill or if in a moment like this, I'm going to check on him. I'm going to outreach him because he does live by himself and, you know, he's not as connected as mom is or as the rest of us are, right? So you have to find that compassion and that empathy and that love even for someone that you may feel has hurt you, wronged you, um, or you just haven't done the work to heal the relationship. And I think that at a time like this, um, it's a great moment for us to try to heal those things and mend those things, which uh, might otherwise be badly broken. But again, question, um, when you're in the home and we're seeing this and let's say there's a domestic violence situation and you live with someone that's normally verbally abusive and you've learned to kind of cope with it because you're busy at work, you know, you only have to see that person maybe a couple hours a day at best. Now you got to see that person all day, every day. Give women and children, because they're usually the ones most affected. Some men are abused without a doubt. But how do you cope with an abuser in your home now when you're sheltering in? And what do you do about it? You know, that is the most challenging situation of all. And it's a great question. And I don't have all the answers to that question. But I have some ideas and tips of what uh, women and children in particular could do. You know, if you have a house that has, you know, many rooms in it, if you will, you need to find one of the rooms that can be your sacred space, your place of refuge. And you need to seek that space out. And the moments that whoever is the abuser is not abusing, let them know that right now you're going through a a difficult time with what's happening with the world. You need to create some space where you can just be with yourself and be silent to get a grip on things. If you make it about you, mm-hmm. that abuser, that perpetrator is more willing to accept it than making it about he or she's got to change her behavior right. right now. Right. That's really essential that one does that. That's a great point. To yeah. deflection, so you have, if you will. Yes, yes. You can't come head to head with that kind of a situation because you always lose. Right. So, you know, it's like the Aikido masters. You don't hit on with a, a punch or a kick. You let the energy move to the side of you and then you decide how to move forward. So we need to do that for our children. If there's an area that, you know, a recreation area or a family room that we can have a sacred space in the family room and then just let everybody know that, you know, when you're feeling the need to connect or the need to be alone, that you're having these certain, you know, places around. I think also, you know, what is difficult is that women's shelters and homeless shelters are closed, many of them. So we have really um, a desperate situation there. So see if you can connect with a friend that understands, 
see if they haven't, you know, met anybody in contact and maybe that's a place of safe refuge. Um, and if you can't do that, then go on some of these chat groups, the therapeutic chat groups, and see if you can talk with other women. You don't want to feel the aloneness, mm -hmm. that isolation to the to the depths because that will not be helpful. The hope is in connecting with people, and there are a lot of therapeutic um, online chats that are happening right now, and some of them absolutely free. So I would suggest that um, as well. And I want to get back to one other thing that you said because I think it's really important to note is that people are now addicted to Facebook and I do not think that is good. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that's good at all. And I think people should take, you know, a break from that and maybe go on it once a day or twice a day for 30 minutes and then get off of it. You Let don't me underscore that point to our listeners. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I, I love to, uh, the lawyer in me likes to recap facts and good points. And I think that uh, Suzanne just said something very important, folks. She's not saying you can't go on Facebook. What she's saying is get a schedule. Go on when you're having your morning coffee, which is what I do, which most people do. And they post like a happy good morning or, you know, most people post the scripture or they, you know, they try to post something nice, at least at the beginning of the day. And maybe by the end of the day, you're in a different mind space and, you know, you've watched the news, you've watched the briefings and you're upset and you want to vent it out. That's fine, too. But I think that you can be respectful of others. And I think that um, I see a lot of disrespect right now on the social media it, and not just Facebook. Yeah. And the other thing that happens is people become envy of other people. So, you know, here is this wonderful Brady Bunch family, as you said, and they're playing Monopoly yep. and they're cooking feasts. And then we look at these families and we go into our own grief and despair that wow. I don't have that. And I would, and I longed for that. I want that right now. So it's also from the other side that too much happiness and too much connection of other families brings us to a down space. You know, that's deep, and it brings me to the next point I want to talk about. We've got about uh, nine, ten minutes left. I like to keep these tight, and uh, you're giving us some good stuff here, so we're going to have you back when we get through this and talk about what we do now that it's over. Um, but I'm sitting outside right now, and I'm taping this podcast, uh, and I wish that I could share the view that I have right now. Um, my dogwood trees have bloomed. They're falling. The pink and white leaves are gorgeous, and Sitting in nature is something I try to do every day now. Um, I can take walks in the trails. I saw a picture you posted this morning of your view, uh, which was beautiful out where you live, uh, and or maybe you did that this weekend. But the the tell us how important it is during this time of being shut in and sheltered in to connect with nature um, and to really take in the beauty of spring, um, however we can. Yeah, um, nature, nature is essential for us because we are nature. We have to remember that we're, we were born from cells, uh, just like everything else in nature. So we are nature. And actually, nature is our best friend. Um, nature doesn't judge us. Nature doesn't try to destroy us. Yes, we have our weather you know, uh, blips, but it's, it's friendly. So we have to invite the friendliness into our beingness. And we have to realize that healing happens many times in nature with the fresh air to breathe, with the beauty that's all around us, um, with the wind going across our face or the sun, you know, kind of beating down on us, that nature is your friend and it revitalizes our beingness. It helps our physical health. It affects our emotional, mental health, and it connects us to spirit, whatever that may be for one another. So nature is really important. Um, so, you know, one thing I had written down is, uh, you know, we are faced with the beauty and the sorrows of our world. 
and uh, we we are faced with hearts yeah, of kindness. Yeah, all at once, right now. All at once. Yeah, right now. yeah. And we're and we're faced with hearts of kindness and tragedies, you know, right now. And so we have to have places of refuge, and nature is one of them. I, I want to end with this uh, last point, and then I'll let you give us anything you want us to know about mental health and taking care of self care and mental health. Uh, but how important is spirit and faith right now at a moment like this, particularly individually, but also collectively? I think it's great. I, I mean, I think there's a collective consciousness that a lot of people are tapping into that there's some kind of higher level or higher meaning for all that's happening. And um, we need to connect to those spirit resources that we believe in, whether it's regular religion or spirituality or nature or Native American earth medicine or feminine um, principles and concepts of spirituality, whatever that is, we need to tap into the greater collective consciousness to know that we're not alone and to know that there's help on the other side. Um, you know, in my in my thoughts, I think that spirit, whatever you believe, God, angels, Mother Mary, um, they're all working really hard helping us right now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're working down here, but I think there's a force of energy that's trying to really help us as well. And that can be very comforting. So whatever your faith or spirit is, go for it. Read those daily inspirations or the Bible or, or prayers or your Buddhist teachings and sayings or quotes. Do what fills your soul. You know, um, I'm going to end where I began, which is uh, when this all started in February and we knew that China was undergoing this horrible virus and then it began to spread all throughout the world. I did a post and I said, you know, this is going to be one of those moments that comes along probably once in a millennia. We hope the world never sees a moment like this again or once in a century or two. And it's one of those moments that's really defining about your character and who you are. And one of the questions I've constantly asked myself is who do you want to be in this moment and how do you want to show up? How can we show up to help others while we're you know, sheltered in and while yeah. we're suffering ourselves? How do we show up better out of this and not lesser out of this? And let me tie that back to what you said about Women's History Month. I think we as women, I don't know the combination of men or women on your podcast, but we as women have to remember that we have to midwife ourselves through this. That's good. We are creators we have we hold the creation energy we give birth so we need to give birth we need to midwife ourselves and others through this time mm. and know that we can make that happen and the same thing the collective feminine energy is there and we can gather together as women in our mind in our hearts and create this wonderful basket of, of healing because we have the potential from that to also set in our mind and heart what we want the world to be, what how we want to show up, as you say, how do we want to let go of past things that didn't serve us or mindsets that didn't serve us, and how do we want to show up in a more conscious, intentional way with more love and kindness? You set your own intention, mm-hmm. and you can birth that, and then you can share it with your friends. I mean, somebody can start a new you know, group of the, what, what are you going to be birthing? You know, what are you create? What is your creation energy doing right now? And I think that is the positive one of how we can connect with one another. I think that's spot on. And one of my favorite quotes by the late Coretta Scott King is, if the world is to be saved and if the nation is to be healed, I believe that women must become its soul. And what Coretta Scott King is saying there is that there's something unique about being a woman. 
there's something majestic about being able to birth life into the universe and it opens up these wellsprings and that women are the givers of life and if we're going to heal in this moment if we're going to come together in this moment if we're going to come out of this better women are going to play a major part in that vibration that energy that thought process and I wanted to have you on because I think you're one of those women. Um, why don't you tell our audience where they can find you? How can they find your practice? How can they follow you on social media? Learn more about you. Yeah, I, I will. And let me just say, you know, you're so right on. So another way of phrase it, this is a time for the feminine to rise. And we started to see that politically with all the women that have gotten into Congress mm-hmm. and, and what's happening. There's a rising of the feminine energy. There is. And Jean Boland, who is a, a very well-known psychiatrist and has written a lot of books, she has recultivated the sisterhood circles and they're all over the world right now I mean google that sisterhood circles and see what women are doing right now to support what's happening in this moment and to help bring the feminine more to the rise and to have it respected in loving ways so I am uh, located in Lansdowne Virginia I'm in private practice but right now I'm doing telehealth Um, and so if you would like to contact me you can look at my website which is SuzanneNixon.com, very easy. And then you can find out more about me. And if you want to schedule a telehealth session, you can. I'm also going to be running a couple of groups through Zoom and also a meditation seminar on, you know, taming our anxiety and calming our mind. And I've reduced all of my rates um, for all of my programs right now to make it affordable for everybody. And I'd love to be supportive of you. I am on Facebook, but I have to tell you, I don't do a lot of posting nowadays. Um, I prefer to do people-to-people contact and emails. Very good. Well, Suzanne Nixon, amazing conversation. We'll have you back for more. I will just close with saying this, that I hope all of you listening, particularly women, this is Women's History Month, and we are on our last two days of this month. It was interrupted, of course, by the virus, as everything was. And um, I hope that you'll join the free webinar that the Loudoun County Chamber of Commerce has tomorrow. I'm doing a free video webinar um, in our Coronavirus Resource Center, which is um, how to help you survive this sheltering in as busy executives, busy women, busy entrepreneurs. We've all gone from being super busy women doing a lot to all of a sudden having to be home in our homes and run the house again and run the kids and run the dog and run the family and run our businesses and try to protect our own energy as Suzanne talked about. And it's a lot. And I'm going to help you work through that. It'll be similar to this conversation, a little bit different because it's going to be more focused on the professional, relational. But I think that um, this conversation is a good primer Uh, for what to expect. It's free. You can register at the Loudoun County Chamber of Commerce. Just click on the coronavirus resource link and uh, it'll take you there. So Suzanne, thank you so much. I hope you have a blessed rest of the day. Um, And I look forward to continuing this conversation with you um, again in the near future once we're through this. And we're going to have you back to talk about how we come out of this and what we need to do once it's over. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. All mine. Thank you.